Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fourth episode of the second season of Overlooked and Undercooked, a critical analysis of Rob Schneider's, we assumed failed, but apparently like a phoenix rising from the ashes, actually hopeful Netflix series. My name is Tim Bat, his name is Guy Montgomery, and I'd like to introduce our guest, TV writer, actor, comedian, all-around Australian legend, it is Nina Oyama. Oh, hello. What's up? Thank you for calling me all those things that I am, but uh, it's, it sounds impressive. Well, when Rob, you stack them all together like that, Rob eh? Schneider actually also fulfills all of those roles. Oh, that's true. Okay, well, now I regret everything. Yeah, you should. Before we, we should have gone it, to university, guys. We should have done science. I'd like to ask what your relationship to Rob Schneider is, Nina. Um, just I've seen him in a few Adam Sandler films, and uh, that's about it. And what, he always plays like an ethnic character that's always a bit offensive, right? What's yeah. your association with that memory? Is it positive or negative or neutral? Um, I don't know. It's he's funny. I reckon he's funny, but I reckon he's funny in like a bad taste way. That's yeah. like it. That's bad, but it's hilarious. And now you've spent half an hour experiencing his version of what he thinks is funny. Do you think? He is funny. No. <laughs> Let me stop no. you there, guy. Hard no. <laughs> so uh, for those listening along who are building a picture of the season as told through the episodes you're listening to, uh, could you outline perhaps just the broad, what you what you describe as the broad strokes of the plot featured in this fourth episode of Real Rob called Zen What Happens? <laughs> I didn't know I was going to have to pay attention. <laughs> I was drinking alcohol. No. Um, Fucking legend. Yeah. Okay. legend. So Rob Schneider plays a fictionalized version of Rob Schneider. Uh, and he has a servant called Jimmy. Danny. <laughs> he's got a, he's got Jamie, a little yeah. slave boy called Jamie. And um, Jamie... There's a lot of plot points. Jamie drives him to Las Vegas and he meets a guy who wrote a book about being Zen. Um, and then he comes back and his wife has a party in the house where MMA fighting is happening. That's that's your description of <laughs> a lot of plot points. You just summarised the entire 35-minute episode in two sentences. Oh, was I only supposed to do specific? Oh, and you the killed wife's... it, mate. Okay. You absolutely nailed Wouldn't it. You... What Guy is highlighting is what a poor job the show did. You did a phenomenal job. Yeah. But you say there's a lot of plot points, I think, was maybe, you know, it was putting the show on a pedestal but it did there not was, deserve to occupy. There was a lot of plot points that went unresolved. Like, there was one where he had to take um, magnesium powder and then he didn't that was resolved he didn't have the magnesium and he had a rough shit yeah but it's like what did that hinder like it didn't there was no it didn't contribute anything to the overall sweet sweet naive Nina (laughs) (laughs) the idea that everything has to contribute to something bigger than the moment itself is woefully misguided when it comes to real Rob okay that gag is meant to be hilarious enough to stand on its own two feet (laughs) and it seems to me that you're casting a critical eye over this show and suggesting maybe it did not 
Uh, not at all. <laughs> I'm very critical of it, yeah. How many genuine laughs do you think this show elicited? It, well, it solicited a lot of ironic ones. Is that an... Is, I guess that's the opposite of genuine, isn't yeah, it? Tr- but yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> by, by its very definition, yes. I'm no is. dictionary, but yeah. I'd say none. Oh, that's disappointing oh, to wait, hear. Oh, wait, no. There was one, but I can't remember it. But I remember thinking it was a funny moment. It was... No, it was when the wife... So the wife goes on a casting audition and um, she has to like shake this guy because he's like her cheating husband and then she beats the shit out of him but she's in an audition so she's auditioning for her and she beat and that was you funny you loved that eh oh I love that I thought it was so funny you love seeing that guy get fucking laid out <laughs> it was hilarious <laughs> and then they said as well uh, don't worry we've only got eight more auditions before lunch yeah which and then was he good. was like oh no I'm gonna get beaten up eight more times yeah <laughs> and then it was like let me watch that for 32 minutes I absolutely love well also cause like I've been to casting calls and they don't let you like it's just like a, a desk and like a camera like it's never yeah. even if you like do you have to beat the shit out of someone like you just have to do it on your own by yourself this is the interesting thing about this show that is set and made in Hollywood is yeah. its representation of the inner workings of Hollywood is consistently incorrect inaccurate at best yeah, yeah. Uh, well no it's did you have any laughing points to him? I, feel I just like- want to say on that point, like if you're going to fuck something up, be funny. Like if you if you're not going to be funny, then be correct. But this is neither. You yeah. know, it's weird. They've taken liberties, but not in a direction right. that adds to the humor. In it's this- just like it's wrong for no reason. In the same way, it's an approximation of a sitcom. It's an approximation of a show set in Hollywood. Like they just shoot it. They're like shooting right through the middle of all of the things this show is meant to be. Yeah. They're like it's like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible with the lasers, and if you touch the lasers, that is you <laughs> achieving what you're setting out to achieve. They've dodged every single one of them. Yeah, they've dodged every incidentally. Hit. Yes, but have you ever thought like maybe it's deliberate? Like maybe it's some kind of postmodern art. So, oh, did you bring this up in maybe the last episode? That it was the whole thing as a goof. Yeah, maybe. I know. It's not I mean, meant I like be. the idea only in that. I mean, I don't. <laughs> maybe we're all being punked. You know. Even it's then, possible. I find that to be such a mean-spirited uh, roundabout way to, to do that. I respect that they've achieved it in I, some regard. I respect the length of it. Yeah. To, to finance, create, and release two seasons of a show just to go, gotcha. Yeah, or they're playing the long fucked. game. Or even Rob Schneider's entire career as a postmodern yeah. <laughs> art performance. Well, <sighs> he's got us all, and I respect him now. I've actually changed my mind. I would like to watch it again in a new light. When was the last time you even thought of Rob Schneider? Oh, long ago. <laughs> See, Decades. Long, long ago. Do you reckon Decades. Andy Kaufman never died and he is, in fact, Rob Schneider? I think so. <laughs> no. I hope so. There was humour in what that guy was doing. He's Bob Zamuda in different makeup. <laughs> he, Everybody just, everybody's a new Rob Schneider every day. Shit. Think about it. I won't. Well, it kind of makes sense that because terrifies in me. the yeah. autobiographical world of the show, who he is episode to episode, he's consistently a bad guy, but there's no mem- he's a goldfish. There's no memory of who he is or what he's done the previous episode to prop up or, you know, like But isn't that by definition what a sitcom character is? They never yes. learn. Well, so he's actually achieving it. I've actually gone from the other side. I'm actually team Rob Schneider. This is a great show. I highly recommend 10 out of 10. Lay out your thesis for how this is a good show achieving its objectives, please. Um I haven't decided yet, but I've just I've decided to do a hard take. I'm all about hard fair takes. Fair enough, fair enough. All right. Yeah, but if you can do a hard take, could you please explain the parts of the show that you thought fulfilled their purpose? Um, consistently bad. That's the <laughs> consistent. 
That's number one. There is something to that though, eh? Because then you've got an expectation set. The yeah. bar, you're like, okay, this is what we're dealing with. So it's actually very easy to then exceed it, and you yeah. go and you kind of give credit to the show Become in a brief moments. Yeah. yeah. And second, it's it's real. Like it's made by the real Rob Schneider and his real Rob Schneider wife and his real Rob Schneider assistant. You got you got that right. Yeah. Yep. So it's like. True to the, I what, assume. It's, what, it's real how in, in the fact that it they exists. Exist. What if this is all has all happened at some point? Uh, that is just... from what we understand what the writing process is. <laughs> but just because something happens, it doesn't mean you need to relay it or represent it to other people. you got to let millions of people on Netflix know about it. I've got, a, I've got a shit story to tell you. Someone give me one and a half million dollars to please recreate He's it. He's earned his money. He gets to invest it how he sees fit. We do not need to watch it, yet we do. In the the show, he's driving to Las Vegas to perform stand-up comedy, which... You know what? I reckon you're in cahoots with Rob Schneider. I reckon this is all cooked up so you can make this podcast because without this podcast, without his show, this wouldn't exist. And and the world would be a better place twice over for it. I feel like those um, ocean animals that uh, have a symbiotic relationship with whale sharks or whatever, they're just feeding off the back of some horrible sea beast. Like the bottom cells of... Exactly. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. yeah. Are you describing a a whale shark as a bottom... Is it like a bottom figure? Look, I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm mixing a few things up, but you get the picture. You know? Well, no, the reason I seek clarification is because I, I didn't get the picture. A whale shark is not a bottom feeder. So what I'm we, to say- Rob Schneider's the whale shark and we're the little what fish we, who eat krill off its back. What we, well, forget the whale shark. <laughs> Throw that out the window. I just imagine, am imagining like a giant Rob Schneider, like a blimp-sized Rob Schneider, and you guys just like licking him. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> like riding his little back and just... Yeah, for nutrients. Yeah. Imagine like a big sort of jellyfish st- like a sea slug on the ground and we're eating the dead skin cells off that sea slug that's us that sounds hot Rob Schneider <laughs> might be a dirty little grub but we're the dirty little grubs feasting on his off shoots you know yeah what are you gonna do who's who's really disgusting well he's he's the reason that he's trying to get to Las Vegas in this episode is because he's got a he's got a comedy show he's got a comedy show on and this is one of the things I've been missing this season is Rob Schneider performing stand-up comedy on a soundstage with laughs overdubbed and uh, if you're going to insert a stand-up comedy show into the plot of an episode then you damn well better show some stand-up comedy and fuck mercy me he did wow he was a crusher the guy was killing up there he killed it man he did impressions of his mum no I don't think it fulfilled the criteria of counting as performing stand up inside a TV show why because you need a set and he just did a catchphrase over this and over is, again. No, but this is what is so great about it, is that he has written a show in which he plays himself, who is a stand-up comedian. So you're like, well, you've really... Like, if you're a stand-up comedian with their own show, mm. the stand-up parts should, if nothing else works, be the strongest part. It's like you've got this huge bank of material and experience to draw on. You're like, even if the rest of it's flailing, yeah. I'll just insert one of my killer bits. And I respect the accuracy with which he represented himself in bombing in the show. <laughs> it's called Real Rob, not for no reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not unrealistic, Rob. Real bombs. You know, I've got another qualm with the plot, which is they have to drive to Las Vegas like in that night to get to the show that night. But then like two days pass before he has to do the show. It's messed up. And there's like, it's a whole thing about like how he's running. They're running late for the show. So they have to stay awake. So like they're all slapping each other to stay awake, but they don't actually need to get there. Even before that, 
Fuck me. One of the driving plot points of this episode is that Jamie has taken the trouble to like pay the extra money to get Rob the premium ticket at the airport so he can board first, first class sort of thing. Oh, I missed that. That's where he sees Danny Trejo. And uh, Danny Trejo... Another outstanding cameo. His, yeah, great to see him. Look, always a pleasure to see him. And um, Danny Trejo is actually reading the book, which introduces that whole future plot. That whole that fascinating out. sub. But, oh, the yes. fu- but here's the fucking thing. Like, Rob Schneider is so put out by the flight being delayed by an hour. And then, as you rightly point out, Nina... They they drive there and they just fuck around for two days. Exactly. Just he this like is... goes home because the flight's delayed by an hour. So instead they drive. Surely that would take more time than like going staying around for an hour. Like go back it, home. It's from probably the less than an hour flight. Well, Los it, Angeles to Las Vegas is probably like fucking forty five minutes the, in a year. This is what can happen. When yeah, you probably a... don't even get a snack. That's probably how short it is. Exactly. They don't even have time to give you a little bit of tea. Rob Schneider, you dumb fuck. Fucking doesn't know math. You fucking no, idiot. Don't tell me we're discovering now that Rob Schneider's character is thick. <laughs> I, uh... They've written an episode. All I'm saying, like, fuck. If you're going to tell a story, it's got to make some basic sense. No, this is what happens in these in, this insular production without a, a single critical eye to glance over the scripts or on set to sort of say, hey, in terms of continuity, this doesn't quite add up. Everyone's probably, like, there's probably someone who started off bringing these problems to Rob Schneider on set, but he's so frantic from fulfilling all of his professional responsibilities as writer, director, star, producer. Oh, is he the director too? Yes, of course. Oh, fuck. Oh, man, that explains so much. (laughs) What does that clarify for you? Everything. (laughs) The directing is so bad. They cross the line so many times. They have weird cutaways. He's got a lot on. He's acting as well. Mate, I've done it, and I got nominated for Australian Director's Guild Award. Check so it out, motherfuckers. Suck my fucking asshole, Rob Schneider. Yeah, Blam, take yeah it. Rob, big fan of the podcast, Rob Schneider. Yeah. He listens. He's a listener. Oh, he hey, will Rob. suck your asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Please, it's a man of his someone's got to do it. It's a dirty job. <laughs> he can be my bottom feeder. He's sucking my asshole. You're sucking his <laughs> asshole. Get a, true blue, get a true blue Aussie to do it. Don't get foreigners in here to take good, honest Aussie jobs. Yeah. <laughs> be a patriot, Nina. Um, who was your favourite character? Did you gravitate towards anyone who you saw on screen in this diabolical half hour of television? Um, I liked the wife. Yeah? Because I thought she was terrible. But I just liked all her scenes. Like, I like how she was... At the first scene, she, like, explained... She's like, um, don't touch that ball. Don't t- There's, like, a football. And she's like, don't put that on the table because the dog's licked it. And the implication is, like, the audience can put together the dog, you know, the dog licks its ass or whatever. That's why it's dirty. It's bad. But then she spends, like, two minutes explaining that the dog licks its own balls and licks its own butt. And she has an impersonation of the dog licking its own balls. And I was like, yeah, way to the hammer that home, girl. <laughs> There's two ways to deconstruct a joke. One where it kind of adds to the comedy and one where it entirely destroys yeah. any comedy that was there. I mean, I'm tending towards the latter in I this think particular context. She was context. following direction. Rob yeah. was like, it's funny, but I don't quite understand why. If yeah. you could explain for me. And then she it's, did. I mean, it's not like it's a trope that dogs lick their own buttholes or anything. We've never seen I mean, it. We've dogs never are heard very, it. They're very clean. They play cards. So. Notorious. Like, yeah, that's why they're painting. There's such, nothing cleaner than someone who plays cards. Exactly. Oh, that's true. Never thought Card sharks, famously the most hygienic. He got you there. Yeah, I know. I've really, I've misthought this. Is that a word? Probably yeah. not. I'm, um, I'm switched on, if nothing else. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. I was pretty gutted that we didn't get to see Miranda, the daughter, in this episode. If for oh, no yeah. other reason than I would have loved to ha- for you to have seen her performance, Nina, because she fucking sucks, <laughs> and it's very mean to like tell a four-year-old child that they suck at acting, but she shouldn't be on screen. She's bad at it. Well, it's a family affair, though. And uh, is me, that, uh, do we know for sure that yeah, it's yeah, their yeah, real yeah, life it is. kid? She's okay. cred- in the credits. She, she, she's got the double barrel surname of her parents. And is it Miranda, or did they make up a new no, name? No, no, no. That's her name. Man, I don't agree with that guy. And I've been having some chats about this. What do you reckon about like fucking famous people who put their kids on Instagram and stuff to like sell products? I think it's I fucking think that's devil's bad. work. Yeah. Hey? I think the ch- the child's too be, young to know. It's going to be a exactly. whole wa- like a whole generation, a wave of retribution for like parents right, so. who have you know t- completely sacrificed the autonomy of their children to yeah. make decisions on behalf of themselves. To make a quick buck, like if communism has a chance, I reckon it's from Instagram kids. So their parents <laughs> were like, "Oh yeah, Zuckerberg you know, playing the long game." Fucking oath. <laughs> I reckon he's a he's a he's a fan of Stalin. He's a commie. He wanted to see it come to fruition, and the best way to do that is by creating an attention economy. Everyone wants to see little kids. We hardwired for it. Sell you fucking vitamins by chucking your kid in an Instagram spawn post. And all of a sudden, these kids get to age 16. They're like, you fucking basically took away, you know, my autonomy yeah. as, a, as an agent of my own destiny by putting me in ads But at four for be, clicks. But be, fuck they... you guys. I'm going to break apart the system. Yeah. There'll be splinters within the kids who do that, though. Some of them will, will gravitate towards the fame and the fact that their life is laid out in front of them at 16. They don't have to make a single decision That's for the themselves. 1%. Kill them. They will be in the minority. Eat the rich. I agree. Kill the kids now. Kill all so yeah. they can't grow to be up. Safe. Yeah, just to nip yeah. them in the bud. Well, you smash know. the eggs. How would you do it? Smash the I don't eggs. Know. <laughs> smash <laughs> the eggs. What's your understanding of how human children cover to the world, Nina? Um, so parents lay some eggs, yeah. and then don't smash them, and they make children. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, we've all got the same cursory understanding of childbirth and rearing. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Tim, was there anything you enjoyed in the episode? I mean, I know it's unlikely. Man, but... I like. I can't help myself. I'm drawn to Jamie. I just think when you put any kind of character, it doesn't matter how dumb they are, through the amount of trauma that he's suffered, you you can't help but build a relationship from as an audience member to just be like, I I just I want to get you out of here, dude. But he's so pathetic. I know. <laughs> it's like hard to have respect for someone that's that pathetic. You're kind of like, well, at that point, you deserve to be shit on. That's what Guy has been telling me, I and agree. I don't buy it. I've got a more paternalistic perspective yeah. on this where I'm like, Wait, you, you need, can't. You just you need... waited enough to say we need to wipe out any child who's been on Instagram. Before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite a paternalistic figure. <laughs> yeah, but if Jimmy was a four-year-old, that would be different. Sorry, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's, it, well, fucking honestly, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I just, I can't help myself, but, uh, you know, the, want to protect The radio head, look, you do it to yourself. You do, and that's why it really hurts. You and, and no one else. Jamie is, 
I mean, you know, the, the other argument which we unearthed last time is that he is an immortal figure who is doing this for the greater good yeah. of obstructing Rob Schneider's ability to inflict his particular brand of pain and idiocy upon the world at large. Yeah. But the issue is that none of the characters in the show are sympathetic. But no, like even does... Danny, even Danny Trejo, who's yeah. like, he's like, he's really zen and relaxed, yeah. and we respect the fact that he's not put out by a flight being delayed for an hour. Until... And then it turns out that he's a dirty dog as well. He's been cheating the air. Did you even oh, watch? Yeah, Did you... yeah, yeah you I paid this. attention to that. So he was supposed to get on the flight first, but that was such a weird moment where they were all they were all lining up to get on this delayed flight or whatever, and then um this like whole line of disabled kids took the first spot and he was real mad at all the disabled kids and I was yeah. like what is this but is it, Rob, weird like people in wheelchairs are bad you, for going thing you've to the airport to, first like what one thing you've got to respect about Rob Schneider is he does not seem to care the way in which the show portrays like he he does lean into the worst of himself yeah he does all in this in the service of comedy which is not fulfilled but you know he's, like, <laughs> he's, he's that, putting himself through his paces that is one thing but to drag all of these fantastic cameos and to the mire with him it sucks because Danny Trejo he writes in that he has crutches so he produces crutches out of nowhere and acts disabled no it's to not get crutches it's, the, a, it's an arm sling oh whatever it's some fucking you know some I, fake I don't want thing. any of those train spotters listening along to start yelling at their headphones. Go, no, Tim. Fair enough. Well, but, why didn't Rob Schneider just pretend he was disabled? He is. He wouldn't even <laughs> need to pretend. Absolutely. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but he got very mad that there were people going on the flight before him because he had paid a hundred dollars, yeah, hundred and thirty dollars. Which more. I can imagine that's probably not that much in the uh, Bob I, Schneider I, world. It didn't even occur to me that that he, he become. It's not even because the flight's delayed that he drives. He he drives because he becomes so irate at the fact that his that disabled people get to go yeah, on before that his him. priority boarding is revoked. That he gets a ride instead. And the one time I did enjoy it was when he was like. <laughs> He was passenging, purportedly going over his jokes, which he doesn't need to do because it's just one line repeated over and over. And Jamie's driving... And it's in, in two days' time. Yeah, He's and, got 48 hours to prepare. And Jamie <laughs> keeps nodding off and he goes, well, I'll drive. And then when he's driving, he's being a real obstructive asshole to Jamie getting any sleep. And... I guess if you if you are consistently an asshole every moment of every episode, occasionally it's going to, you know, there's going to be a moment where you might be able to enjoy it. I, I don't know if that's because I would enjoy that independent of watching the show repeatedly or like consecutively or if it is actually just a little bit funny to me to be an asshole to your friends occasionally. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. fine. Just because the show sucks doesn't mean it's devoid of any moment where you can enjoy it. For, well, it's I know, supposed but it comes to be a comedy. To it. It, it does scramble your brains a bit though, doesn't it? Yeah. Can, I, can I point out a plot point in that exact scenario where they're driving and um, they have to swap like driving roles because some the Jamie needs to sleep and then Rob has like a boombox in yeah. the front car but it's like you're driving a car so presumably they'd have access to an aux Addr- cord or a radio addressed or- in the addressed in the dialogue he says to Jamie oh. if your sound system didn't suck so much I wouldn't have to do this because oh. they're in a this is the weird thing though in they're, a smart car they're, they're in, in a, a smart, smart car. car one of those old school ones that looks like someone got a car and cut it in half. That's one of those kind of smart cars, but... He's nothing if not environmentally conscious. He chooses his battles. He hates disabled people, but he loves climate. But this is the thing. It's Jamie's car. Yeah. Because I always thought that that was Rob Schneider's car because of exactly what you're talking about. Because in the show, they pepper it with his real-life opinions about how, like, 
He's Vaccinations sort of, cause autism. Yeah, but he's pseudo-environmentalist. Oh, he's an anti-vaxxer? Yes. Truly he is. What the hell? Yeah, dude. That is so wild. Isn't it? Is that a plot point? Well, I, I know, fucking but he, hope so. He, he, map, he maps it out with the idea of exterminating spiders in his house because his neighbours have exterminated the spiders in their house so they live in a spider-free zone without having to live with the chemicals. What? So he's banking on other people's herd immunity without having to bring chemicals into his own house. To be fair, in that episode, they then do introduce quite a lot of spiders to sort of disqualify the argument he's laid out. But That's that true. might be purely to serve comedy yeah, and not a representation like, of what he thinks. I think we may be reading more into it than they wrote into no, it. No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but no, that, it's the idea that Jamie drives a smart car is meant to be funny because, again, this is a Because Jamie's a pussy. Earlier episode, yeah. And like, yeah. The environment. What do you think about Jamie? What's your take on Jamie? I don't know. I kept thinking that he looked a bit like Bob Odenkirk and then it just confused me. Yeah. Because he looks like Bob Odenkirk went through the washing machine or something. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that kind of vibe. That's it's accurate. Like, all his, his eyes are like slightly closer together or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Do you- like... I, all white people look the same to me. Yeah. You can only distinguish white guys by their facial hair, By their right? moustache. That's why I have trouble with you two, because yeah. a guy doesn't have a moustache yeah, anymore. you fucker. You should have kept really it. Just You've grown a moustache almost. Have I? That's yeah, true. it's the thickest part of your facial hair right now. You are also wearing the exact same outfit. You're both wearing like chambray button-ups and like a kind of cap thing. Fuck, it, not it wrong. That's very... an indictment. I didn't even realise that. <laughs> it's quite It's because I'm wearing a fuckboy... Um, uh, thing. Oh, what is this called? Wearing... A singlet. This cracked me up. So I, I bought this from Cotton On because it's got a picture of the Capitol building, <laughs> which is like obviously in Washington, D.C. Yeah, yeah. But they've put San Francisco in huge letters in front of it. And I was like, I can't not buy that. That's fucking hilarious. Dude, Cotton On is the best. I know this hasn't got anything to do with the show, but I used to work at a Cotton On and they used to have this shirt and it had like, it said Viva La Moto. And then it had a big kind of motorbike like tearing out of the middle of the shirt, like as if it ripped through the center of the shirt. <laughs> and then but then not only was there a motorbike there was like some roses and then just like a wolf's head and I was like this I want is the that. Best shirt. yeah like they don't know shirt. who makes those shirts but it's the you best. would pay a designer so much like now in the year of our lord 2019 so much money to get that kind of aesthetic yeah you know what I mean like that's hot shit because it's like it's like anti-comedy in a shirt you know exactly. you're like is that meant to was that we made doing by here? mistake is like, this perfect yeah is this why perfect is this comedy? $29.95 <laughs> this cost me $8 by the way oh, okay. it's so good worth it and that's in New Zealand dollars so probably like 50 cents here oh yeah true your dollar is dog shit. No, okay. is it? I don't know the dollar rate. It's like one to one. Um, and anyway, back to Rob. You, you, need, you need to go to a gig in like three minutes, I think. I do. So, um, Thank you for having well, me. Well, before, before we let you go, there's a yeah. very important you question we yet. need to ask. Oh, no. Which is, are we punching down? To Hang on. Punching down. By doing this podcast, we, we are... We didn't set out to make fun of him, but we're critically reviewing this show of Rob Schneider's. Absolutely punching up because Rob Schneider is a very powerful man. He's got a lot of money. He's got enough money. Netflix is also giving him money. We think he saw. We think he paid Netflix to ear the show. Oh really? If well, you think if he it's has possible. that much money, that's like even more money than if they gave it to him. Well, so. no, I mean it's it's quantifiably less if he's. <laughs> but if no, but like you he, get the logic, guy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. as in, like, if he was poorer he would have to have netflix pay him yeah, yeah. so if he's so rich that he can pay to be on netflix i always do it by shmoney that's my rule like if you're punching out it's like if they have more money than you it's fine yeah that's like my main i mean it's probably you know comes in there's other things that come into play but money is definitely the first money's the a good yeah yeah salary well, I like that because it means we're not punching up uh punching down exactly either. so i'm gonna roll with that yeah it's fabulous take 
Take down Rob Schneider. Man, thanks, yeah. Nana. Oh, whoa. Thanks for giving us the green light on there. Yeah, keep the, fighting the good we, fight. Uh, we don't <laughs> know when... This is the good fight. We should rename the podcast. <laughs> we, we don't know when this will be released, but do you have any evergreen plugs you'd like to make? Where can people find you? How can people get you on the, on the oh, fucking online, man? Well, if I don't get cancelled, um, I'm on Twitter at Ninoyama. <laughs> I almost got cancelled recently, so I got Because I said By who? By the cyclist Twitter in Australia, <laughs> at OzCycles. The goddamn cycle lobby. Yeah, that's... I fucking tried to cancel me, but um, then big I... penny farthing, those oh, assholes. No, just normal cyclists. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, but take I, the offer, Nina. <laughs> yes, so, and the penny and the unicycling community, those cunts. Um, yeah, that's right. No, uh, come come for me, all of you, all of you. Come fight me at Nina Yama <laughs> on Twitter and at Nina.Oyama on Instagram. And I also have a pilot on ABC iView if you're in Australia. And it's on YouTube too if you're anywhere in the world. Yeah, go YouTube. Called The Angus Project, which is cool and I'm proud of it. And it's about a guy with cerebral palsy who has a useless carer and they take heaps of drugs. Hey. I saw someone tweeting about that today and I didn't realise it was your project. Yeah, that's that my rules. project. Oh, man. The cat's yeah. out of the bag. That's right. Uh, I'd like to close the episode by quoting the great Rob Schneider and uh, one of his many witticisms that he coins during the show. He says, uh, is this your iPhone? <laughs> buy phone. He throws an iPhone out the window and then he says, it's your buy phone now. <sighs> That's good. Thanks for listening. Everyone. He's clever. <laughs>